All right. Hello. Welcome, guys. Welcome back to Bota Podcast. We have a really special episode today. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of real estate. Ooh. Um, I'm not that much of a into it. I don't really know much about it, but I have somebody who is today I have with me. Vilma Tolmite. Uh, she's a real estate agent in Connecticut and she's here to kind of give us a little bit of advice and tips and you know what it means to be a real estate agent, how to get into it, putting that modern twist to real estate. So let's welcome Vilma. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. <laughs> so I just want to get into like a little bit about you, like your background and how you got into this real estate life. I guess I'll start off by saying, you know, I went to community college. I got my two-year degree. I was not really feeling fulfilled. I didn't really know what I wanted. And that was the whole reason that I decided to go to community college in the first place. I didn't want to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars not knowing what I wanted. And my father is in real estate, has been trying to or was trying to get me into it. And I was like, no, like, I don't know. It's just not, I I don't feel it. You know what I mean? And he, I guess he was kind of sensing, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted and I was a little over it with school. I I wasn't really in the state of mind of um, what, what, like, what's my next step? Like, what do I want to do next? And, um, and he was like, you know what, I'll, I'll pay for your classes. I'll, I'll do it all. Just, just do it. I was like, you know what, screw it. You know, I'm so young. Let me, let me give it a go. I didn't really know what to expect, but I just, whatever, why not? I got into it. I, you know, took all the classes, got my license, and then I joined a brokerage called Coldwell Banker. They're globally recognized. So I'm sure, you know, you see the signs anywhere you live. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll, I can explain the broker to real estate agent dynamic. So the broker owns the real the real estate firm and then the real estate agent works under the broker you cannot just be an agent you have to work under a brokerage oh really okay I did not know that to be a broker it varies state by state but I know for Connecticut you have to have been a real estate agent for at least two years so you know Florida's laws will be the same Michigan's laws could be the um different like I don't I don't know how it varies state by state, but that's all I can speak on for Connecticut. So I got licensed in 2018. This is my second year in it. So this is more of, you know, a newbie's take on all of this because I'm still learning a lot every single day, every single deal. I'm learning something new and growing from it. Um, And honestly, that's probably the most fulfilling part of it is just growing Um, as I mentioned before, I just didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know, like, what is my purpose on this earth? Like, why, why am I here? What, what is it? And sometimes I still question it to this day. I feel like everyone is like, you know, is this for me kind of thing? Like you have those days where it's just not going your way or, you know, a deal's falling apart right in front of you and you can't save it. Like it's totally out of your hands. So I, I'm very happy. Like I'm happy where I'm at. Do I you know, am I comfortable? A little bit. I've gotten comfortable this past year just because of everything that's been going on. It's been crazy, mentally straining, like financially straining, I'm sure for everyone. But honestly, this is an entrepreneurial business. You have to treat it 
like you are your own boss because you are and you're only as good as your work ethic so I guess my advice to someone thinking of joining would be do you have that kind of drive in you do you think you can be your own boss because if you do go for it you know what I mean but it's it's a lot I have people coming to me from high school like oh I want to join part-time and I'm like nope (laughs) can't do that this is not a part-time gig like you are an entrepreneur you need to work at it every day like you have to do at least something little every day that's working towards your career Mm -hmm. Um, so I wouldn't suggest getting into it if you think you're going to be doing it part-time unless you're joining like a team so I can go into teams really quick just because it falls under the broker agent kind of dynamic so the broker is Coldwell Banker, for example. Then I can start my own team and recruit other agents to join my team under Coldwell Banker's umbrella. Mm-hmm. So I necessarily don't need to go and make my own brokerage because there's a lot of liability and legality that goes into it and a lot of work. And I personally just don't see a point in it when I can just join my own team and use all of Coldwell Banker's resources to run my business. Sorry, I just rambled. <laughs> that was so good. I didn't like, even know if I answered the question. <laughs> you, d- you definitely answered the question and then some. Okay. So I really like that idea of how you said that um, don't do this as a part-time job because I've actually had experience with uh, agents that were doing a part-time. And mm-hmm. when I was looking for a home for myself and I was working with somebody who was just part-time, like, oh yeah, you know, here's a few listings, blah, 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 here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the person would go to the showings and set up the showings and all that for me to see houses. But it felt like he wasn't really working fully for me. And it was right. like, just like, oh, yeah, I'll do this and this the little stuff here and there. But when it lot, came though. to like fighting for like a good deal or fighting for this, they were just like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And this and that. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, I need you to fight for me. And I know. And that goes back to me saying you have to work at it every day because I'm learning the most doing it. So if there are agents out there doing it part-time, they're not fully, that's not their full-time thing. So they're not constantly learning and growing. In my opinion, I feel like to learn how to fight for people, learn how to negotiate and all that comes with experience and time and actually doing the deal and that's honestly how I'm getting better at it too is just every deal is something different and isn't like the deal the closing like the deal is like I feel like it's the hardest part like trying to negotiate and figure out like every step has its obstacles honestly it's negotiating the offer then Mm -hmm. things coming up during the inspection and then you know the appraisal and then oh can you even get the mortgage like it's everything is like walking on eggshells. You just don't know what the next thing could possibly be. And then just when you think you got it, like it slips out of your hands because, you know, the mortgage didn't go through or whatever the case may be, or they don't want to sell anymore. It's, there's always something. There can always be something. It's hard. It's very rare, especially for me. I've only been in it two years, but there has not been a single smooth sailing deal absolutely mm-hmm. not I cannot say that every deal yeah every deal has had something yeah you're new into this field you know two years in 
And with this day and age with like social media and this modern like style, like how do you stay up to date? And do you think it's essential to be up to date on like social media and all these different things or just sticking to the traditional way of doing? Is that enough? Honestly, I do a mix of both. So I'm lucky that I was born into social media. I'm a tech native. This is this is where I thrive, you know what I mean? So I feel like as, you know, millennials, Gen Z, whatever it may be, we do have the upper hand when it comes to technology. I think that's obvious, but it, it does help with real estate. Absolutely. I just sold a three family house about like 10 minutes away from my house where I'm living now because of social media. The wife of the client met me on social media, have no idea who she was, but she messaged me one day and was like, I, I, I love your videos. I love your content. Like, I want you to sell my house. And I was like, you don't even know who I am, but sure. <laughs> like, let's do it. It definitely can help. You know, staying on top of it is very important and I need to practice what I preach. It's difficult, but you need to make the time for it. You really do because it can lead to the deal closing. You know what I mean? It's it's a numbers game. It really is. The more you put out, the more you'll get back. So I would say social media is very important. Marketing is very important. Um, just staying engaged with your followers. But then I do do the traditional end of things where I'll mail out postcards with my business card. I'll send out just listed cards, just sold cards. So that side of things I do still do because it's just another way to put your face out there, to put your name out there. And, you know, why not? It can only help. I feel like if someone's going to toss it in the trash, fine. But that one person that doesn't, there we go. That's another deal in the books. So I say mix it up. Everybody kind of has to find what works for them too. Like I said, millennials, Gen Z, we have the upper hand with technology. So if the more seasoned agents can't work technology or whatever, they have no choice but to do the traditional end of things and try and dabble in technology mm -hmm. it's too difficult for them it's a, it's a lot yeah um, and I feel like unless you're kind of born to it you have to really just start from scratch you know talking about technology and, and things like that I just thought of this um, like the different apps that are out there now like Zillow realtor.com like those are now competitors for mm -hmm. agents as well like in a way yeah yeah because there, there's a kind of like a little stigma towards like Zillow leads. So there are agents who pay a pretty penny for their name and their picture to pop up under a listing that's not theirs. So let's say I'm selling this house um, and you look at it through Zillow, it'll like barely show my name, but there's someone paying for their name to pop up. So if they click on that person's name, that person is getting the call and then going to go show my listing when I could have had the buyer and the seller, for example. It's a tricky, controversial kind of thing, in my opinion. It's, I wouldn't say it's shady because a lot of people, that's how they've made it. You know what I mean? Like that's how they've become the top producers in their office through Zillow leads. So I don't know. That's not my thing. I'm more of a face-to-face -face, real connection kind of person. I don't, like the cold calling. I, I don't like being cold called myself. Like I don't, it's just not my thing. 
almost every single deal that I've closed up until this point has been word of mouth or uh, a personal connection because that's just, I feel like that's where I thrive the most and that's what I'm going to utilize much as possible. Yeah, I like that as well. And I'm, I'm going to say I have used a loan realtor like it was my life. Like, I'm like, I feel like I'm the one searching for my home. And yeah. I feel like that's what a lot of customers feel like, like they have more control. Like, well, I can look at all the listings myself and I'll just have somebody show it to me. It's not a big deal. But then when I was going through the process of my, you know, getting a house, I realized like, actually the realtor, like the agent, it was such a big part of it. I'm like, what, you know, yeah, I, I had a listing of like different things, but they knew something more about it than that didn't even show on the listing or yeah. like on the app or whatever, or it was already sold and it still showed up. Another thing is they're not very accurate either. I've had numerous times where a client has sent me a picture or like a screenshot of a house and the address and I look it up and I'm like, this was taken off the market months ago. <laughs> like, I don't even know why it's still showing up for that. I don't know what it is or why it's like that, but yeah, it can be inaccurate. What What's going on with the market right now? So everything that happened with like COVID and all this BS. I don't know. And- when you know, let me know. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's honestly crazy. It's, I don't even know how to really explain it. So, I mean, it's, it came to a screeching halt back in March, March, April, it came to like a halt. And then once mortgage rates dropped at a historic low, everyone was like, Oh, I'm going to buy a house today. But then they were shocked to see that there was no inventory. So I would say that the biggest thing right now is there's plenty of buyers. There's plenty of buyers still wanting to take advantage of mortgage rates, but not enough inventory. So now what that basically means in a nutshell is all these buyers are fighting over that one listing that pops up within their price range. And then it's a multiple offer situation or it's over asking price and it's gone within a week, sometimes days. Like that multifamily I just sold, gone within two days. So it's just been a whirlwind. It's making everyone's head spin a little, but it's one of those things where we just kind of have to keep going as it comes. And I can't predict where it's going. There's some people saying the market's going to crash. So it's, I don't know, it's scary. It's, I I don't even know what to expect. I wish I knew the answer, but I don't. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to see where it's going, but all I can really speak on is what's happened this year so far and what's happening right now. So, mm-hmm. but. and you kind of have to take moment to moment too, because anything can change. And by next month, you know, something could change or right. you know, like something else happens. The lockdown, like next uh, next month, for example, and then what? You know what I mean? You have to take a step back and then kind of reevaluate what's the current situation. You know, there was another house I was selling during COVID, but we had already had an accepted offer. We got through inspection. We got through appraisal. The buyer lost his job a week before closing. Oh, So we had to relist it and then pray that somebody would want to walk through the door with everything going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it ended up working out great. We ended up selling it within that same week. Mm -hmm. We got another offer, but you really just never know. You know, so it's, 
it's all a gamble <laughs> it's it's all kind of risky it's all a gamble but yeah I don't know I really I, re- I wish I had an answer but I don't yeah <laughs> yeah do you kind of get scared sometimes like of sometimes the uncertainty in this field oh you're yeah. like oh my god like what am I gonna oh, do now yeah it's something that's been like shaking me to my core all year you know it's something that I has made me even reconsider is this really what I want to do with so much uncertainty but you just really have to love helping people you have to love the process and everything that comes with it with this business it's a hundred percent commission you know if that deal doesn't close you're not getting paid so yeah it's something that scares me to death every day but the way I see it is I'm still young I don't have any mortgage payments. I don't have, you know, any crazy bills. So I'm able, I have the luxury right now to be okay with that. I, you know, if you were to ask me that a year from now, I'd probably say no. Like I, (laughs) you know, I have big girl bills to pay and stuff, but I'm lucky at this point in my life that it scares me for the future. But right now it's, I'm able to work with it, but it is something Mm -hmm. that I think about all the time. Yeah. I mean, anything that you do, it's going to have some kind of, but when it's something like that's based on the market and based on like outside factors, yeah, it could be, but like you said, you're your own boss. You have to put the work in for yourself. And if you don't, you know, no one else is going to really do it for you. So yeah, you def- I feel like to be in this, you really have to have that drive mm-hmm. and that like motivation to keep going. And, you know, like power to you. <laughs> I know. Like I all the time, like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm just like, I just love it. Like, that's really just it. Because if I didn't, I would have never gotten into it, really. Sometimes I find it funny because every time, like, I watch, like, TV, you know, there's so many um, shows out there that are, like, about realtors and yeah. real estate and all that stuff. And you always look at it like, oh, my God, like, these guys, like, or so like making millions and millions of dollars and they're like blah 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 and then you watch like the black bachelor or bachelor and like everyone there is like I'm a real estate agent I'm a real estate agent and you're like is everyone a real estate agent like- I know it's very saturated it is very saturated which which makes it difficult to stand out you got to really be in people's faces you know as annoying as it sounds but I try and do it subtly <laughs> because I just I'm not like that. Like I'm trying to just be a normal person that's not like an annoying car salesman kind of attitude. You know, some people say like, oh, you have to be. And I'm like, no, you don't. I'm doing perfectly fine not being like that. And my clients appreciate that about me. I have these one clients I'm working with right now, they're buyers. And every time I'm with them, they just thank me for not being pushy and not being, you know, up there you know what, because the last person they worked with was, you know, they just walked in the house and two seconds later, he's like, are you ready to put in an offer? You know, do you want to put in an offer? And I'm not like that. I'm like, do you love it? Can you picture yourself here? Can you picture your kids running around here? You know, like, that's what's important to me, not the check. Like, I don't, that's not, I don't care about that. I, like I said, to be in this, you need to love what you do because otherwise you're gonna go crazy (laughs) there's no sugar coating you will go crazy if you don't love it yeah that's true and I I like that kind of style too because 
you know you already have like so much on your mind and then someone's pressuring you and you're like yeah like it's purchase there's a lot of consideration I don't want any of my buyers feeling buyer's remorse you know that's a big thing and I just want them to be sure because if I I put myself in their shoes if I were to walk into that house you know would I love it would it fit my needs like that's what I want them to consider too because I can guarantee you when it's my time to look for a house I'm gonna be like buyerzilla like I'm gonna be a monster I'm gonna make sure like every little (laughs) screw is you know perfectly in the wall but um I'm just exaggerating but (laughs) I but I always appreciated that with like my the agents I worked with they like I went into the house and it was obviously like not they could tell like it was like not for me and they would always be like you know if you don't like this house like it's okay like Mm -hmm. we can see other ones like you don't have to feel pressured like this is it and that's it which I always appreciated yeah and I feel like if someone is pressuring you if you're working with someone that's trying to pressure you into making an offer trying to convince you like oh that's okay and oh the ceiling's falling down oh it's okay you can fix it like you know your budget you know what you want to spend and if it's not correlating and someone's trying to force it on you run (laughs) just go find someone else my advice situation like that true it's funny because I think of um this is just something that like because when I was buying a house I would bring my mom with me to a lot of the showings she was hilarious like you need to be like a seller or something because she was so like oh my god this is amazing like this and this like you could put a couch here you can make the decoration here and, that is and so like funny. she would just like convince like literally would convince me like like you need to buy this house yeah yeah like, okay like you know you make some good points yeah yeah you you really need this in your life that's so well that's good it's I feel like I've encountered buyers who bring their parents and they just nitpick everything you know so it's it's difficult because the buyer who's actually paying for it could walk in and be like wow this is so cute blah 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 like I really like it and then they'll go talk it over and text me later like oh my parents didn't like it. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Your parents are going to be living with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you recommend to don't bring, don't bring anyone else except for like the people living there. Cause I always bring my, I always bring my whole family. I'm like, okay, mom, like come here, sis, you know, what do you think? Like, bro, Mm -hmm. like, what do you think? And yeah, I mean, a lot of people value their parents' opinion. I feel like I would be someone that would bring, I mean, luckily my dad is in the business, so he understands everything like all the nooks and crannies of the business so I would definitely value his opinion I would mostly value an opinion of parents if they've gone through the process however a lot of people's parents bought houses years ago and the process is completely different like oh ask for this much money after inspection and I'm like I'm sorry it doesn't work like that or let's offer this and it's like a complete low ball and I'm like dude, we can't do that. That's going to embarrass me. Like I'm not doing that. But um, yeah, no, people definitely value their parents' opinion and that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, who's going to be living in it? You know, and do you love it? Because that, that's your home. It's not your parents' home. Everyone's different though. It's at the end of the day, it's preference. Bring whoever you want. I also have clients who don't, didn't even show their parents the house until I think 
like after inspection or appraisal, like deep into the process, mm-hmm. their parents came to see. It. I was like, oh, like this is cute, you know. But at that point, it's done. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my sister. That's like my sister. She was like low key. Like one day she called us. She's like, yeah, we bought a house. I'm like, what? I'm like, I didn't even get to see it. I'm like, yeah, how did you buy a I house see, without asking me? <laughs> I see both ends of that. Like someone getting their whole family involved and then someone keeping it totally private because they don't want the opinions of everyone else because they know they love it mm-hmm. and they know they don't want to hear what anyone else has to say. Which is a so. good thing sometimes, I think. Sometimes I'm always the one that always like likes opinions of like, okay, what do you think? Like, I want to know everybody's thoughts. And my sister's total opposite. She's like, why do I care what anybody says? Like, this is for me. Yeah. Like, so That's why I say it's preference because everybody's different. Yeah, you know? it's true, true. But we're Albanian, everyone. <laughs> Your family's always involved one way or another. <laughs> that is 100%. They're not true. finding out from you. They're finding out from <laughs> someone. <laughs> obviously being Albanian I work with a lot of Albanians do you feel like you get a lot of Albanian clients or you just work more with them I'd say colleagues or 50 50 Albanian clients and then you know American or whatever but um there's a common theme with Albanians that's all I'll say there's nothing wrong with it because I understand it because I am Albanian but I feel like to someone who would be non-Albanian they would you know think they're crazy so to me it's normal because I I come from that culture but to someone else you know who knows I don't know and I feel like that's why Albanians use Albanian you know agents or workers for whatever it may be because we just understand each other it's like it's it's different like there's no other way to explain other than it's just different like mm-hmm. it really is and and it's it's reasonable it makes sense too to me like yeah. especially like if they're older and they're like they just feel more comfortable to mm-hmm. connect with somebody like that right exactly if say I was like working with you and then I found out like you're Albanian I'm like oh my god you're Albanian like how cool like I know you know even though you didn't expect it it was just yeah like, yeah. yeah it's always fun I think we got it into a lot of good points um do you have any, say, three tips that you have for people in this industry? Be yourself, I feel like, is number one. Because I, I don't like when other people are giving me opinions on what I should do, what I should wear, how I should speak. And I got not yelled at, but one of the other agents was like, don't wear ripped jeans to the office. And I'm like, I'm 22 years old. I'm going to wear whatever the I want. (laughs) And whoever's going to work with me is going to be fine with that. And if they're not, the door's right there. I don't, I don't need anyone who doesn't believe in me and trust what I can do to work with me. Like, I don't need anyone who doesn't believe in me regardless of what I wear you know what I mean I don't like the whole professional and unprofessional it's I can get the job done for you that's why you're hiring me it's not because of what I'm wearing like I just that's the way I see it so be yourself would probably be my number one um number two is work your ass off and so I I would say that number two and number three don't give a shit I don't know if I could curse on this. <laughs> don't give a shit what anyone else thinks because if you do, you're only holding yourself back. So work your ass off and be yourself, work your ass off and don't take shit from nobody. 
because if you do, you're just going to start self-doubting and then spiral downwards and it'll, you know, you would probably end up leaving the business. So, and honestly, a lot of fourth one, don't be scared to ask for advice. You know, in the beginning, I was a sponge. I absorbed everything. I shadowed seasoned agents. I went to their open houses while they were doing open houses just to learn how they would talk to people and how they would get them to like write down their email so that you could start emailing them. Like I, I just tried to absorb as much information as I possibly could. And um, that was pretty much the first year. Like I've only been doing this for two years, but the first year was honestly just, I obviously did work, but a lot of it was just learning because you don't, you don't know how to do anything until you actually do it. So it was work in progress the first year. The first year was, I, you'll hear that from every realtor. The first year is always the hardest. So if you could get past the first year, you can do it. It's funny that you say that because I have a lot of people that I know, not a lot, I always say a lot, but like a few people that were like, oh, I want to be a real estate agent. Like they'll take the test, you know, they'll go through a process. And then like a year later, I'm like, hey, how's that going? Like what happened? They're like, oh, it wasn't for me. I'm like, oh. The first year is always the hardest. You have to get through the first year. So I didn't, just a story. Like I, when I got my first client, I didn't even know how to write up a contract. They don't teach you that in, you know, the the classes. They just teach you the practices and principles and how to not lose your license and stuff like that. And then once you actually join a brokerage, there you go, like start flying. So, you know, I learned how to write up contracts and how to negotiate. Like that's when I started actually learning. You have to learn and like actually doing it. Like you can't, yeah. it's not like you just read it and be like, okay, well, I know everything have how to, what yeah, to do. You have to actually be in there and experience it. Exactly. Great advice, Vilma. Thank you so (laughs) much. I feel like it was a little all over the place, but no way. It It was so good. It will. I think a lot of people will um, listen. Our listeners, I will truly appreciate, especially if they're going into this field, getting an inside look on some of the challenges and some of the ways of how to approach this and. You know, just learning something new. I learned something new today. So thank you for that. (laughs) I always love learning and growing as well. Truly appreciated your time today. I think this was so awesome. It was good to catch up with you. And yeah, totally. You were so sweet. Thank you for having me. Honestly, this was kind of um, motivating. (laughs) Like, wow, (laughs) I should probably practice what I preach sometimes. No, I'm kidding. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, when you're on, when you are your own boss, it's easy to kind of like get comfortable and then slip up a little bit. But then you gotta know when to get back on track. So this helped me. So yay! You're welcome. (laughs) Yay! I'm so excited. (laughs) And this is what it's all about. This is what this like podcast is. Hopefully, that's what I'm trying to portray: is to just give motivation and motivate people to like you know what yes like keep going with for whatever passion or whatever they have yeah, i love that i'm happy Stay. to be a part of it yeah i'm, I'm so happy that's it <laughs> so um thank you again vilma for sharing uh your journey in real estate um giving us some tips and pointers and i look forward to hopefully maybe catching up again at another time yeah see what maybe you're doing and how the process is going for you totally. in the future all right
Sounds good. I'm here whenever you need me. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. If you want to work with Velma and if you live in Connecticut, you can find her on her Instagram page at Selling Fairfield County CT. Um, and check her out her page. She has a lot of good resources on there, a lot of cool videos and, and a lot of information for clients and anyone who's in the real estate business. So check her out at Selling Fairfield County CT. I'll also put her links down in the description below. Remember guys to click the subscribe button, follow, share, like, comment, leave some feedback on any of the platforms like Apple, Spotify, and on my Instagram page, Bota Podcast. Thanks so much and catch you next time. Bye.